Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Friday the 28th of October. Today, I'm joined for the last time this week by Michael Kowalde, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hey Michael, how are you doing today? Hi Peter, um, I'm very good, thank you. Friday morning, so feeling excited for the... <laughs> well, for what? For what? <laughs> just uh just uh just relaxing oh just relaxing excited for relaxing i like it exactly i like it um so um what stories oh, i've got to say today's watson's daily had a, an insane number of stories in it today i mean i it took a lot to reduce it down to what it is um but you know there's so much important stuff going on at the moment so out of all that what did you think was most important for you what stood out for you in today's watson's daily yeah. Um, so today, the story that I liked the most was about TikTok really making a big push into gaming. Yep. Um, so users will be able to access the games via button on the homepage, mm. and there will be a ded- dedicated um, gaming tab, which I think is a great idea because having that really makes it easier for consumers to find the games and really attract them to then actually start using it. Mm. Um, so TikTok here is clearly following the footsteps of Netflix, which mm-hmm. last year created mobile games based on its streaming set content, such as uh, um, the series um, Stranger Things. Yeah. And I think that this is a great idea from TikTok because there is definitely a great potential to fill a void that was left by rivals, such as uh, Snapchat and Facebook, which are currently winding down their gaming platforms. Mm. Um, and I really think that TikTok has a lot of um, a lot of potential here because they 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 already have um, partnership with more than ten gaming um, companies such as Aim Lab um, and Matchingham um, Games. Mm-hmm. So I think this 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 new venture that TikTok is entering into, they have the opportunity to now partner with more gaming companies across the globe and and grow even more and Mm. get really creative with the partnerships that they enter into Mm. and i think that tiktok is a tiktok and gaming go really well together because it's it's essentially a platform that that really enables consumers to keep up with trends and discover what's fun Mm. um so i think that there's potential to make games really popular simply through tiktok posts that go viral and and I think it can really um, grow really quickly in just a very short period of time. And I can just see it now where where just teenagers and teenagers in school talking about you know what score did you get in in this game on TikTok? <laughs> um, yeah. And kind of like competing. And, and I can see it being like the next cool thing. Mm. So I think it's really exciting and it's a really smart move on their behalf. Um, that that being said, I think that. There, there is definitely a reason why, you know, companies like Facebook and Snapchat have decided to discontinue their investments into gaming. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, they, they haven't seen success in this area, and it makes you question whether TikTok will will also uh, experience the same thing. Mm. Because even if you know the games at TikTok really pick up for the first year or so, you know, two years, three years, I think that there's always that risk of later on consumers quickly getting bored, mm. uh, and the games simply um people forget about them and and if someone that plays them with them be the that odd person who still plays and and 
is almost like the granddad of of the of the group. It's like, what are you doing? Still playing this game, mate? You know. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. I mean, I have to say, I mean, I wonder whether games will, will you know, will it be specific types of games? You know, like ones that you can just quickly dip into, yeah. because because of the nature of TikTok itself, you know, because that is all about kind of short form stuff. Yeah. So I wonder whether you know, the games are going to be short form as well. I mean, it will be literally, it will become like a, a haven for people with short attention spans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it, I do, I agree. I mean, I, I do think that, um, you know, TikTok and gaming should, I mean, it should work, shouldn't it? I mean, yeah. it's a good, it seems like a, a, a good combination, but yeah. um, obviously, you know, other, other, other uh, sort of platforms have, have tried and failed in, in the past. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, but I, I do think that it's definitely a good idea. Like, yes, there are risks that people mm. can get bored and mm. that they end up like Snapchat and Facebook failing at this. But that, that being said, you know, the mobile gaming industry I saw is, you know, seeing really healthy growth. Mm. Uh, apparently revenues are set to rise from 104 billion um, last year to 128 billion in 2026 and mm. that is more than the the total spend on console and pc gaming combined mm. so there's definitely a lot of room for tiktok um here to to really grow and i think what they need to do is kind of analyze um and think very strategically looking at what snapchat and facebook did why it didn't work for them and why mm. it could instead work for tiktok Mm. Um, I think so. Yeah, they, they just need to be really smart about this, and I'm sure mm. that you know. I think collecting a lot of data, trying to identify consumer habits, what would keep consumers addicted, and what mm. won't um, do it in the long term. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they need, they need to focus on, mm. and and I think there's definitely a lot of room in the US and across Europe, mm. because unlike in China, for example, there isn't a, a much regu- uh, regulation here that delays mm-hmm. approvals for new games or mm. that limits the amount of time that children can spend playing video games. Mm. So I think it could definitely work. I, and I, I think it definitely will be really successful in the first few years. Mm. I do question whether they will continue to see growth in, in 10 years from now. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think there's definitely room for it. It could happen, mm. and especially when you consider the metaverse. They could then start integrating it into the metaverse and really adapting it. But I think the key thing here essentially is to constantly adapt the games, not just keep it the same consistent games um, going forward, because otherwise consumers will just get bored. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I think that it's I think, yeah, I, I really think that what you've said, everything you said, very interesting. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the only extra sort of thing I, I'd say on, on this is that, uh I would imagine that this is something that is going to be outside China, um, maybe not in China. I mean, um, ByteDance, which owns TikTok and the Chinese, I say Chinese version of TikTok, but I think Doyin came first. It came before TikTok. But um, so Doyin, um, I think, yeah, the the government hates um, ByteDance anyway. Yeah. Um, because it's seen as, you know, a bit frivolous and not serious enough, that sort of thing. You know, it, it, it's a bit kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and um, it's and uh, and also it really hates gaming because, you know, we still see, for instance, like 10 cents, you know, companies like 10 cents 
have been really suffering because um so a few years a couple of years ago i believe you know a, a, a kid i think a teenager died from overplaying games like exhaustion mm. and stuff like that and um the government really you know took took grasp this with both hands yeah and effectively made it you know didn't give any licenses for new games and all this kind of thing yeah um and it just makes me think that maybe um so you know not only do they hate bike dance the government hates bike dance anyway but it also hates gaming so if you put the two together yeah. i'm thinking <laughs> that's not looking good in china but everywhere outside china pretty good i would yeah. have thought but it does also make me question whether in the UK, for example, they should introduce some regulation around this because yeah. I, I am kind of worried myself just thinking about it now. Like children can easily get addicted to this. Mm. Um, and I think that it can have a very negative impact. It could lead to, you know, for all you know, depression. Social media mm. does that. Mm. Um, so I think we need to see regulation around this. And the scary part is it'll probably pick up and develop really quickly and mm. far too quickly for the regulators to catch on. Mm. But we'll see. That's right. I mean, a lot of the time, um, regulators are one step behind, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, generally speaking. So always playing catch up. Um, uh, just a quick little antidote there, uh, an antidote, anecdotes. Um, when, this was a long time ago, so I'm obviously showing my age here, but I do remember playing Tetris at one point. Uh, <laughs> and like, we, you know, we got, we got um, it, was a, it was a Game Boy or something like that um and um you know someone won it right and um when i was i was in this um uni house with with my three mates with well i do actually i did have more than three mates but i happened to live <laughs> with three mates. uh and uh you know i was living there and um we it got to a stage we only had it for, for a couple a few days but i remember it got to a stage where we we're all coming back early straight after lectures in order to be the first one back to play this game <laughs> and and um it ended up that I I I started dreaming about Tetris, um, and that I was standing and I was waiting, holding my hands out, waiting for these blocks to fall down so I could put them. And I was I was getting overwhelmed by these blocks falling from out of the sky. Uh, and it was at that point that I thought, you know what, I don't think I should be gaming because I <laughs> I get kind of addicted to it and I keep wanting to do it. And so actually, ever since then, I've really not i mean i've played the odd thing but really not got into it because i know what i'm like and i'm like to, likely to really get to far too far too engrossed in these things but anyway um so there you go um but um and an, an insight into my psyche um so anyway we'll move on to um um you know yeah next story so well it's normally it's one story but i i kind of um, wanted to just talk today about the whole um shocker that that big tech has been having and um you know, it seems that really um, pretty much all of the, uh, you know, big tech companies like Microsoft, Facebook um, and, you know, and uh, and, and other sorry, oh, Facebook, I keep calling it Facebook, meta platforms. Yeah, you know, it really hasn't you know, really have done badly apart from Apple, which has done actually quite well. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, is that um, it just seems to me that they that that this could be an opportune moment for regulators to really sort out a sector that has grown hugely and very, very quickly. And I know I've kind of referred to this before, but 
I do feel that this is a time where regulators can, um, you know, if they can get things right now in terms of data, data usage, data storage, you know, the more the more moral side of 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 big of of tech, you know, if they can get to grips with it now while the big tech companies are weak, yeah. then that means that we will be able to develop um, a less harmful in a less harmful way in the future. So, I mean, essentially, if we can get um, Web 2.0 right, yeah. um, then that means that's good for Web 3.0. And it's good for the metaverse because it just means that, you know, things will be, it, we will, there will be a better quality of experience. And I think that if that can happen, people will trust big tech more because they feel that this will, you know, this will help to enhance the experience. And, you know, this, this could be good for everyone. You know, it could be good. It could be good for the user because they feel more protected um and therefore freer um it could be good for the uh, tech companies involved like like metapat platforms because they can um uh you know because they can operate without worrying too much about the regulator because the regulator's been part of the development and then it's good for the regulator because it shows it justifies their existence yeah. and shows that they do actually have some kind of clout in all this because it seems, I wonder whether, you know, Meta Platforms, for instance, has it failed because the metaverse is just too big for one company to see itself as a gatekeeper. It almost needs, you know, it needs like a, almost like a blockchain, you know, well, I don't yeah. know, like of a, of a low, of a number of different companies and entities in order to, to ensure that it is a, uh, a positive place to be for the majority of the users. Yeah. So I don't know. It's yeah. deep stuff for a Friday, but I mean, what, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think you definitely like, I definitely agree with you in that regulators now have an opportunity to really um, catch on and, and um, really t take a more strict approach when it comes to big tech, because they, you know, companies like Meta are struggling right now. So they can really leverage that and and tell them how things need to be done in the future and really ensure that things are done in a safe way and protecting children from harmful content mm. and certainly protecting data and privacy. Mm. That that being said, I also think that if if regulators do that do that a bit too much, it could really mm. um like hinder innovation, which is not mm. good. For yeah. example, I know like in the in the EU they, they're introducing this um, new regulation. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's essentially it, it categorizes um, AI um, mm -hmm. with different um, different areas depending on the risk it poses. So mm. if, if an AI um, is considered to be high risk by the EU, it's really heavily regulated mm. and there's mm -hmm. only a certain amount of things that you can do with it. And mm. I think that that is a bit unfortunate because essentially there's uh, you're kind of preventing creation from really growing and, mm. and and doing what it's supposed to do mm. i think that the regulators yes they have an opportunity here to like be strict but they, mm. they, need, they need to t take the right approach and, and find the right balance in, in, mm. in doing so mm. no absolutely absolutely it's very it's a very very difficult balance i mean i think you know there's a lot of uh you know moral arguments as to 
why this should happen. But <clears throat> the thing is, there are so many moving parts and there's so many different agenda, you know, yeah. um, uh, rolled up into this. I mean, you know, like the EU obviously wants to assert its power, um, you know, that kind of, you know, it might be on a bit of a power trip and therefore might, over, like you say, might over-regulate. Yeah. Then there's regulators, maybe some of the smaller regulators, and this sounds terrible, but um, where I would suspect that there will be individuals in there that don't want to regulate too much because they probably want to go for jobs at those, uh, <laughs> at the companies that they're regulating um, yeah. later on. Um, and so, because that I think that is a relatively common occurrence that um, you know that that these companies will em- employ someone who knows the system. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, you know, it's a bit like Nick Clegg and Facebook, isn't it? Really, um, you know, they I'm, I'm sure that they they appointed him because he he knows a thing or two about how to get round governments and things. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, no, I think that um, yeah, it's a it's a very interesting subject. It's something that will uh, you know is another one of these themes that will run and run but um you know right now uh i mean that's the thing is even even amazon is having a bad time yeah you know and and so it's it's just if you're if you're a regulator now is the time to strike because it, i think more than likely the the um the tech companies are going to listen to you more than they would have done in the past yeah, it does make me wonder though, and I don't know, I don't really know the answer to this question. But how come Apple is doing better than the others? I mean, I, I, th- I think I'm quite intrigued by that. Mm. Well, I think that um, you know they have been doing, uh, they've been doing. I mean, the the um, sales, their sales have have done, have been doing quite well in terms of their hardware. You know, iPhone sales have been pretty good. Um, the the interesting thing there is the whole, you know, like the 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 pro side you know the iphone pro so the, the higher end yeah has done particularly well and again i you know uh, the it seems to me that the um people the wealthier uh, people you know are yeah. continuing to be less impacted yeah. by this whole you know this whole thing and because apple kind of sits at the premium ends of of things i mean even a blooming computer costs a ridiculous amount of money you know a a laptop costs way more you know many times more than um a a normal one um you know so i I guess that they are maybe protected to a certain extent uh a certain extent by that as well yeah Um, i think i think i agree with that yeah so yeah so there we go but anyway interesting topics today um you know deep stuff for friday um yeah and uh yeah ho- hope uh, hope that uh, you know sparks some thoughts uh from listeners today um just again to reiterate um if you if you if you want to continue the uh thought provoking um party in your mind um <laughs> then um please uh, uh ho- please uh, join us on next wednesday when i do a uh, review of october and the stuff that's happened in october as you know it has been relatively eventful um and so again the thing is with this is like with months like this you tend to forget what has happened because certain events like truss um, leaving yeah. um, overshadow quite a lot of things, and you will find. I mean, I find this. I, I find this constantly. So you know, I I write. Um, you know, Watson's Weekly uh, uh, as well, um, and um, even get to. I get to the end of the week, and I look at a story that I've written on Monday, and I yeah. think 
was that last month? It yeah. feels like last month. So much goes on. So actually, by you know doing this this overview, it will help you a lot because it will help to put things into context and show you how these stories have developed. So um, you know, please do um, uh, you know go go to this. Uh, it's free. Uh, register on our socials. I think we, we've got a, fu- a funky graphic coming out on that as well soon. Um, but yeah, um, that'll be uh, that'll be next Wednesday, five o'clock, with myself, uh, Jake Shogger of the Commercial Law Academy. Um, yeah, who's who? Hopefully by then we'll be getting over, um, you know, Tottenham score uh, in Champions League. Um, uh, when was it yesterday or the day before? Anyway. Um, have a great day. Thank you very much indeed, Michael, for today. Thank, um, you. thank you very much, listeners, for listening. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back again uh, next week. So many thanks. Bye. Bye.